Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. So why watch that TV talk? We have a TV talk for you. Oh, listeners. Okay, now we are full throttle in award season for the movies. Like, we're watching movies left and right. We're trying to keep stories straight. We're going to screenings. It's just, it's a lot going on. But we can't forget the TV is still trying to rear its head, um, making us juggle with it. Um, We are approaching the fall, you know, the end of the fall finales. Um, Most shows are starting to go on hiatus because of the holidays. Um, but not the feed on Amazon Prime because the feed is making its series premiere with about 10 episodes. And I I don't know, the feed just sounds interesting. It does not sound like a comedy. We'll just say that much. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't <laughs> seem like... And, you know, you just sort of poke around a little bit. Now, I don't know much about it. I do know it's like sci-fi e, mm-hmm. um, but that's about it. Yeah. So the feed is it's set in the near future, and in this future, um, essentially, you are connected to um, the internet technology, all of that stuff via your brain. It's, oh, fun it's already done. So if you want to look something up, you do it in your mind. So it's kind of an AR plus VR thing Mm. where you're in the real world looking at things, but things can be superimposed on it. So it looks completely different. And you can choose to be connected to the feed or not. Also, the feed, when you're connected to it, records everything. Oh, dear. And here's the kicker. Your thoughts are intermingled. Okay, so whoa. So think of it this way. If you want to throw a party at your house, you can, instead of decorating your house, just put up stuff via the feed and make it look however you want. And everyone will connect to the feed and see your house the way you want it to be seen. Oh, but can they unconnect and see that- They can. You got roaches. (laughs) Yes, so they do not have to be connected to the feed, presumably. Uh, okay. Now, in this story, at the very beginning, there is a mega wedding. It's feeded up, okay? <laughs> and all kinds of people are entering. It's a wedding between a, uh, the oldest son of the family that created the feed. Mm. So they're the most powerful family in the world. Mm. 
and the most powerful family uh, in Japan, there, uh, the daughter there is being married to him. Hmm. Now he has a younger brother who's not really down with the family stuff, the feed stuff. He's the black sheep. He's a psychologist as well. And he specializes in helping people deal with their feed problems. Oh, that's interesting. Now at this wedding, he meets a mysterious young lady. She's not connected to the feed. Mm, he says, you're not connected? What's that about? Now, while this wedding is going on, there are people in the kitchen feverishly making dishes, of course. One of these cooks, though, doesn't look so good. She seems to be out of sorts. And we find out that her feed has been hijacked. Oh, dear. Hijacked for what purpose? Not a good one. I'll tell you this, she ends up not in the kitchen. Mm. And she takes an implement with her from the kitchen. Now, we shuttle forward like two years. And the younger brother and, and the young lady he met, they are now married. They're, she's about to give birth. Whoa. But she's not feeling so well. Oh boy, everybody's not feeling well. Yeah. Now in the feed, it, they, everything goes through the feed, even medication. Oh. So they can do certain things medically via the feed. So if you are pregnant, for instance, they can monitor your baby. They can help you to settle down. Uh, if you're about to give birth, they can administer essentially sedatives that way. Oh my they can God. just change your brain chemistry. So all of that is there. And the question is, is uh, the baby safe? Also, an employee of the feed, a major employee, has gone missing. And his son knows something about it, but won't say it. So they need somebody to go in and see what actually happened. See if they can get access to this son's feed. Oh Who do they call upon to do this? The younger brother, of course. This is his specialty. Now, what does he unearth? And what happens as we move through is there is a rogue entity that's going into people's feeds and wreaking havoc. Remember, if they get into your feed, it's not just that they can control you. They can be in your thoughts. They can go through all of your memories. They can erase memories. Oh, no. They can manipulate memories. So let's say that I'm innocent of a crime. They can go into my feed, implant false memories, so that when the cops come and access my feed, they see these memories of me killing somebody. I didn't do it, though. This is like Inception on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll see how things play out. That's more than enough. Um, now, here's what I'll say, my experience of the feed. I got to episode two. This, in execution, reminded me of what sci-fi was doing maybe five years ago. Um, they need more money. Oh. And they need somebody in the writer's room to understand that the story must move on. Mm. You don't need to wallow, like move it. This is not that great, by the way. Just keep it moving. What happened to us having fun? What happened to that? Can we have some fun? Like some of y'all coming for Apple TV Plus, but their shows are fun. <laughs> They're fun. And that's why I want to watch them. And even a ref, now that I'm mentioning this, so a, a, a critic wrote a story 
wrote a, a whole article on the uh, uh, the the morning show on Apple yeah. TV Plus. How critics are like, oh, it's bad, but I can't stop watching it, and they don't know why. You know why? Cause it's fun. <laughs> it can be bad and fun, and not all of it's bad, but some of it's not that great. So what? Entertain us, the feed. <laughs> Entertain us. Stop wasting time. So if you are really interested in this kind of <laughs> <laughs> what a transition. <laughs> then you can check it out. I mean, you have Amazon Prime. Why not? You'll see how long you last. Uh, it's just for me, the idea is way too good for the execution. Oh no, the I, you had me at like feed. I was like, oh my god. I can't wait to watch this and right. then the meltdown. Let's talk about a series return on Hulu, The Accident. Now, this is the final installment of what we saw from Hulu with uh, National Treasure and Kiri. Oh, that little girl got so... Um, this is the last installment, and I, you, you have here, it's Jack Thorne's. Um, world that he created. And we have a very familiar... She's returned again. Now, is she playing the same character? No. <laughs> it's just... She, that's what she's doing. I'm like, listen, lady, you need to go on back to Happy Valley because I feel like we haven't finished. I'm not done with Happy Valley. <laughs> and I'm talking about Sarah Lancashire, um, of course, uh, the wonderful actress who we love and why watch that. She's back again. And... Uh, you got a chance to take a look, I hear. Yes, I, I watched all four parts. Um, so, but let me just tell you, when it comes to Happy Valley, Sarah Lancashire didn't even want to do season two. Because oh. it's too rough. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but, you know, she was convinced, so I hope they convince her for season three. I uh, know, we just yeah. love her. She's amazing! Now! Oh. Let me just say, if you Wait. have not seen National Hold Treasure... Hold on. Here we go. There it is. There he is. There If he you is. haven't seen National Treasure and <laughs> Kiri, it's on Hulu if you have it. Watch it. Do you have to... I started Kiri. That's the one where the little girl's missing. Right. <sighs> you don't have to watch it in order. Okay. Um, it, It's rough. Like it's rough. These are rough watches. Uh, all they they aren't really connected story wise. They're connected thematically because it's it's all about how media yeah uh, blows up tragic stories. Right. That's what all of this is about. So in the accident, well, you know what happens. <laughs> okay. Um, we're in no, we uh, don't. Well, <laughs> an accident. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there we go. Okay. I was like, so, wait. <laughs> We're in Wales. We're in a small Welsh town of Glengulai. And they're about to have this wonderful celebration because there is this uh, company that's come in. They're, they're building this kind of factory sort of thing, and they're bringing jobs to the area. Uh, the, the leader of the council is very excited. Uh, his wife is played by Sarah Lancashire. She's a hairdresser. And at the very beginning, she's doing her best friend's hair in her home early in the morning. She has a teenage daughter who's a teenager. Oh, she always does, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. So they are supposed to have this run or walk, depending on who you are, to commemorate this event. 
and they, you know, and the council leader talks and, you know, all the stuff that we've seen before with this kind of event. So while everybody's on this walk or run, their children, the teenagers, have other ideas. They decide to go to this uh, construction site and wreak havoc. Oh, dear. Because Polly, who's Sarah Lancaster's character, her teenage daughter is resentful of whom and why is the question. And because of her resentments, she wants to bring her friends and do some vandalizing of the place. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Now, while they're in there, what do you think happens? An accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the question is, though, who survives the accident? What caused the accident? And who's going to be blamed? Oh. So after this, we see, hey... There are some major players here. There really are uh, three mothers and a wife. And one of the mothers is Polly. And uh, one of the other mothers is Polly's best friend. Whose kid lives? Whose kid dies? Are they all alive? Are they all dead? I'm not telling you. Don't tell it. But it's (laughs) tragic. Now, the wife, her husband worked at this construction site. Okay. So I'll tell you this, he doesn't make it. Oh. And is he blamed posthumously? Hmm. Is that the correct person to blame? Now, after this accident, one of the senior vice presidents of the company that's building this place is there in Glengalai. Now her boss says, you need to turn around and not go there. Does she listen? No. No. So she's there when all of this happens, and you know what Polly does when she sees her. She lets her have it, and it's on television. It's being filmed live. Oh, no. Huh. So as we move through, we start to see certain little crumbs building and building and building into a whole loaf of bread by the end. You get the understanding of what happened here and who's to blame. The question is, does anybody take the fall for it? And if so, are they the right person to take the fall? In addition, when it comes to the accident, there's all kinds of skeletons of people's closets that start to come out. Mm. So relationships that you see that might look okay may not be on the surface. And one of them in particular is brutal. Hard to watch, my friends. I'm not going to give away what it is, but I'm telling you now, this is not for the faint of heart, but none of this stuff for National Treasure is. So this is the kind of story ref where you go, is this, did this happen? <laughs> right, did this actually happen? No, it, it didn't. But similar things have happened. Um, if I'm thinking through the trilogy, this one is my least favorite. Okay. But I still liked it a lot. I mean, this is a high standard here. Um, I would say that this is very good. Uh, The first episode, oh, once the accident happens and you start to understand some of the dynamics in these relationships, oh. And then episode two, that was the one to me that kind of stalled. Then they picked it back up in the final two parts. The acting is is uniformly excellent. It's just great. I mean, the actress who plays Polly's friend don't get in her way. I'll say that. Okay. Wow. Uh, the the teenage daughter, 
of Polly's. You'll see what happens with her. Uh, the actress who plays her does a very good job. There is a whole transition that she has to go through. Uh, there's this whole thing with the company as well that we're getting into and the corruption and other things that are of the moment that come to be. So I just think that what Jack Thorne has done here, the way that he steals uh, things from the zeitgeist and, and tells a story, it's masterful. I have to give it to him. He does it in a way where you don't go, oh, I've heard this before. I really don't want to go through this. Right. It, it's it's good storytelling with good acting. And, and so if you are able to go through a drama, a tragedy, then you really can't find a better trilogy than this on television. Well, let's move on to a season finale. This is season two of one of the shows that you really enjoy and have enjoyed for uh, a while now coming from down on that. Australia. We're talking about FX's Mr. In-Between, the criminal for hire. Um, or is he a hitman? I'm not sure. All of but the above. Yeah. All of the above. <laughs> but uh, he has a certain viewpoint on life. Yeah. And uh, he is a family man. But uh, we see the extent, extent, extent and lengths he goes to to protect and also to provide for his family you just don't want to be in between mr in between yeah yeah and really he yeah he's a hitman fixer so he's not a robber or anything like that okay there we go um now remember he's in anger management yes he's after trying to get he, better yes after he what he did in season one in season two season two clarifies the arc of Mr. In-Between if they get more after more seasons. From season two, you really understand what this is about. Hmm. So season one is entertaining. So good. So much fun. Does it ground? Not quite as much as it does in season two. Because we have Ray Shoesmith, love the name. He's our hitman for hire. And in season two, it re like, oh my goodness, so many things come to the fore that are not good for him. Mm. In this relationship with a woman he loves, he meets the family. And when he meets them, uh, it's around Christmas time. So they have a gift exchange. His daughter's there. It's all great. But it's the kind of, I forgot what they call it. There's a name for it. Where, you know, it's it, it, everyone brings a gift and you choose uh, in a particular order. Oh, the white elephant? No, the elephant, uh, elephant exchange? I, something. Okay. And, but what happens is, um, if, if you, um, if, if you come after somebody and you open your gift and you, uh, they didn't can take like it. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they can take it. Exactly. So what happens? <laughs> and then what does Ray do in response? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Like it, when you see, you know what's coming, but the way they depicted it, <coughs> I jumped out of my seat and went, oh. So even for Ray, it's like, whoa, did you like go overboard even for you? <laughs> like, wow. And then moving through that, he has a friend um, who he tries to get a job for that doesn't end well and it, it ends really tragically for Ray. Oh, His brother is already has this degenerative disease that we see the whole the whole arc of the season uh, really leads to the end of that and we see how that happens 
for Ray. How does how is he gonna handle that? His daughter's being bullied early. How did he handle that? And and as we're going through these little moments, we also learn more about who Ray is as a person. What was his background? His relationship with his father, that's not good. He, we know he was in the military. What was that about? We know other things as well that were going on with him that aren't so good. He opens up to his girlfriend and talks about how he was bullied. Oh. So really, uh, Scott Ryan, who plays Ray Shoesmith, who created this show, who wrote every episode, um, is really crafting this carefully. And by the end of the season, it's heartbreaking and beautiful. And you really come to understand again who Ray is and the outlook for him, you're worried. I'm very worried for Ray. Oh no. Some bridges have been burned. Uh-oh. Uh, and I, I don't quite know where he's going next. So I hope they have a season three for this. Look, if this is your kind of show, hey, I would say watch it. It is a black dramedy. <laughs> It's probably what you would call it. But it works when it's funny and it works when it's serious. And I really can't uh, recommend it even more. Like, I recommend this highly. Gotcha. And with that, I think that t- television has stopped <laughs> um, like since the 21st, maybe it was. And it will come back to us on January 7th. So no, we'll, you <laughs> we'll have a break from TV because This Is Us is on hiatus now. Oh. We are moving into fall finales. And This Is Us, the ref is still with it. We have the, the first nine episodes of this fourth season have aired now. Nine will uh, begin, the next nine will begin again on January 7th when TV restarts. You so tell us, it. So tell us, ref, What's happened in these first nine episodes here? Um, and, and is it enough for us to be able to wait until TV starts again? You know what? The, all of this shade is coming from the fact what that- What shade? Critic, I'm being honest. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> the critic has given up on This Is Us. He has washed his hands like I did with Scandal, so I'm holding <laughs> it down. I'm holding it down. Now, listen, we already know from the top of the season that- we are sort of in a flux, meaning that Uncle Nicky, who is Jack's brother, has kind of lost it. <laughs> is that a, new? <laughs> no, it isn't. No, it isn't. Uncle Nicky threw a chair through, you saw this, but he yes. threw a chair through um, one of the, uh, it was an AA meeting for vets, and like went to jail and got sentenced to you know or, or that he was awaiting his you know decision so his nephew kevin decides to get a trailer next to uncle nicky and sort of keep him under control until they find the courts finally stop see all the shade well i mean kevin's keeping him under control well because kevin too is a recovering alcoholic yeah. And he shares that burden um, with Uncle Nicky, as well as a new character that we all saw towards the beginning, uh, a somewhat decorated vet, uh, Cassidy, who is having personal problems of her own, as we know. She and her husband are doing horribly, and we find out by the end of the season that they are going to go through a divorce. Um, But she also was violent with her child. 
And so he is very, not very, the scene was basically, uh, he's, the child snuck up on him and she accidentally pushed him, but you know, that's violence. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you shouldn't push children, of course, but, <laughs> but that's what happened. So she too is a recovering alcoholic and a vet like Uncle Nicky. So the three of them are sort of the three amigos uh, trying to keep each other accountable, dealing with each other's horrible crap that they have um, going on in their lives. And then obviously, as it was alluding, Kevin and Cassidy, you know they end up, you know, hooking up. So they do, which complicates things. And the question will be, can they recover from you know that personal connection now uncle nicky goes to court and we find out what the court says i'm not going to give that away Um, but we find out and we also have him rejoining some of the other family members specifically randall who is as we know most like jack Mm. he took on a lot of traits of jack and so we see how that interaction happens now often to randall as we were talking about he and beth are now in philly randall is a um alderman or an official of philadelphia of some sorts and he is just trying to do the best of balancing his home life as he always does with his professional life and we find out that some of his colleagues um don't quite like him doing the balance they think be professional and your family takes a second seat but we all know beth ain't trying to hear that Mm. and plus he has a daughter he has two his three daughters um two of his daughters by beth are um one of them is tess has come out or not come out she is gay and she's having trouble trying to figure out how to come out and how to deal with this new revelation that she shared with her parents and then you know you got the little little one who's always you know just being chipper and wonderful and then you have his other daughter Deja who he adopted who we've seen in seasons past came from a very very interesting home life she is growing in her own right and so you know he's definitely trying to balance his personal life and professional life because Deja has found someone uh-oh. She and we kind of saw that a little bit towards the beginning, but boy, is it going full speed ahead. Malik, who is a new person in her life, goes to her school. They fall for each other. And he that episode, I was I want to get the credit. Just watch that episode and you can you can go back into retirement. It was beautiful. It was just a beautiful. We know that Malik is um comes from, you know, his, his father came from a rough situation and trying to do the best who's played by omar epps trying to do the best to get his son on track he has his own job you know his own job for his son because his son gonna need some money why because his son has a child yes believe somebody else 16 year old has a child with someone else and so we see how deja sort of balanced that out we also see that malik is probably a lot more like randall than Randall wants to admit. And when the two families come together, oh, 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 oh. for Thanksgiving, or oh, not boy. Thanksgiving, not Thanksgiving, sorry, for uh, uh, just a meet and greet, mm. I'm just, I'm not gonna give it away, but that meeting didn't go exactly 
exactly how everybody thought it would because both mamas, Beth and Malik's mama, are very strong-willed. And what happens when you get those two in the mix? Just now, put those actors together in the room. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to write. <laughs> Say action. <laughs> action. And then let's go to the last of Jack's children, um, Kate and Toby, who have a new child. We found out early in the season that their new child, Jack, who's named after their grandfather, is blind. And so they're dealing with that. We see also in a flash forward earlier on that Jack is a well-known artist. And we see a little bit more about his life and how he takes a lot of the traditions that we see happening into his next journey and to his next family. Uh, oh, 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 did I give that away? Hmm. Um, but guess what? Toby has lost a lot of weight and he is hitting hit class and has found support. But Kate hasn't lose the weight, hmm. lost the weight. What does that turn out to be for the couple? It's hmm. not pretty. And we know in a flash, flash, flash forward that Kate and Toby don't seem to be together. Hmm. hmm. Wonder what happens. We might be seeing some of that now. And then I have to talk about a new revelation that has happened. It was flash forward in the end of last season, but Rebecca Pearson, not the young, not the middle one, but the older Rebecca, um, who's with her children, is starting to show signs that really concern Randall health-wise. Mm. She's forgetting things like her phone mm -hmm. she's forgetting things like what time she was supposed to show up somewhere mm -hmm. and in the last season we see that rebecca not only forgets but gets lost mm -hmm. it's bad but the question is what time period was that mm -hmm. mm. So, you know, they get, they did what you think happens may, it does happen, but it may not happen the way you think it happens. So we won't give away all of those things. And then of course we'll end with Jack in the flashbacks. Jack is, um, we see how he met Rebecca's parents and we see the trouble that Rebecca's parents uh, give Jack as well. Um, we also see that Jack influences Randall's adult Randall's um, success as a politician. And you'll see how that plays out. I loved that episode. You see that Jack really does pave the way for Randall in ways that we see to come to fruition. And then last but not least, we see that when Uncle Nicky comes to Thanksgiving, I mean, everybody's, Deja's mom is there, Uncle Nicky's there, everybody's there at Randall's house for Thanksgiving we see a year from now that Randall and Kevin aren't speaking. Why? Hmm. Why? Hmm. We may see seeds of that. And then Uncle Nicky remembers his most memorable Thanksgiving with his brother, Jack. And we see some things happen there, some insight they give us about their relationship. So all in all, This Is Us is certainly on track as it is. There are a couple of episodes uh, since the critic has left that I thought, oh, okay, ugh. and then there are a couple of them that were so good. 
So it is an up and down hit and miss, but guess what? The ref isn't going anywhere. So stay tuned. Moving on. I saved the best for last because I hear that Grey's Anatomy had a cliffhanger of cliffhangers. Mm. Um, This is what's going on in the news. At this point, (laughs) we are in season 85 of (laughs) Grey's Anatomy. This is their grandchildren um, at the same hospital. No, no. It's just season uh, 16, but it's already been renewed for 17. Shonda Rhimes, I'm just putting this out here. I have no more student loans, but I would like a car. (laughs) So we end the fall finale with, like I said, a big, huge um, cliffhanger. But don't fret. Grey's Anatomy is just expanding because it's spinoff, Station 19. They're going to have some sort of crossover event, or they have had it. Um, They will, yeah. And at this point... Is there anything that we need to know about Grey's Anatomy? I mean, I feel like everybody's been talking about it. I mean, what can you offer, Critic? <laughs> yeah, and that crossover event uh, will be Station 19's premiere uh, of their second season on January 23rd when Grey's comes back after it. So it, if you watch Grey's Anatomy and you get this cliffhanger that I'll lead up to, uh, just know if you want to see how that resolves itself, you have to watch Station 19. Oh, what's very smart. Very, very smart. smart. And I will not be watching Station 19. Oh. Now, oh. How about that? Okay. Well, so crossover, then I don't care. I watch the shows I watch. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. thank you. Now, in this season, Meredith Gray is in danger of losing her medical license because she broke the law. I feel like she is every season. <laughs> this is real. There is a oh. panel ref. Oh. She's doing community service while she's waiting for the medical panel. Yes, she is in the judge's crosshairs. Now, why is she in jeopardy? Why did she break the law? It was, of course, to save a patient, but you broke the law. And this broke the hospital. And, of course, that means it broke the people, the relationships in the hospital. Because Dr. Miranda Bailey, who is the chief, fired Meredith Gray. Oh. Now, remember, Meredith Gray is a co-owner of the hospital. Yeah, but she also narrates the the show, so (laughs) how is that going to (laughs) work? Fired her. So, you know, she's uh, pretending to do community service, but of course it turns into her doing what she wants to do to help people. This is a problem. She gets locked up until she can finish her hours because she can't stay on the job. And then we, of course, see what happens at this medical board hearing and a surprise panelist is there. I'll tell you that. For longtime Grays fans, it ain't good who shows up. And what comes of it ain't good either. (laughs) I won't tell you for whom, though. Whoa. Now, she's also in a relationship with another doctor, uh, Dr. DeLuca, who is her junior Mm-hmm. But by the end of our, by the fall finale, what's going on with that relationship? Somebody's not quite comfortable, but who is that somebody? Also, there is a new doctor who was introduced to us at the, in the fall finale, just shows up. No. Oh. Who does he replace? Because remember, 
once Meredith was fired, uh, Richard Weber was fired, Karev left, and Karev recruited Richard Weber to be a doctor at a new hospital where Karev is now the chief. This hospital ain't so good. So Karev has to turn it around. And he's trying to steal people to come work with him, including his wife, Joe, but she refuses. <laughs> okay, now Joe, oh, after the previous season, we saw the terrible uh, storyline with her and her uh, biological mother, horrible. It sent her into a spiral. And now she's coming out of that in this season. The question is, how is she going to continue to care for herself? Well, she commits to doing something in the fall finale that we'll see how that plays out, okay? Now, let me go back to Dr. Weber. <laughs> Remember, he's married to really the, the big kahuna at Grace Sloan Hospital, the major owner, Catherine Fox, who's also a doctor, played by Debbie Allen. Yeah, yeah. So, their relationship is on the rocks because they never see each other. And remember, Debbie Allen's character, Dr. Catherine Fox, her son is Dr. Jackson Avery. <laughs> oi, oi. I don't so, are, what's going on with that? And remember, Dr. <laughs> Avery was dating Dr. Weber's biological daughter, Dr. Maggie Pierce. But that relationship doesn't last. So it's all, it's a mess between these two families. And adding to the mess is, when Dr. Weber shows up at this new hospital, he finds that someone from his past works there. And this someone, wait for it, ref, is played by Jasmine Guy. Oh, where's she been? Okay. Now remember, Jasmine Guy was Whitley on A Different World. Yes, she was. And remember, from season two of A Different World, who was the showrunner? Debbie Allen. Allen. So now they're in like a love triangle of sorts. <laughs> it's Very hilarious. Odd. Very odd. Hilarious. Great casting. And let me tell you something about Jasmine Guy. If you just know Whitley, the woman can act. Yes. She comes in and she's like, hey, Richard, remember me? Now they have something in common I won't give away. But because of that, they have a connection. And she wants a little more of a connection than Dr. Weber does. I'll put it that way. Oh, okay. Now, this leads to some misunderstandings. Is someone cheating? Or does it appear that way? Or is it all smoke and mirrors? Mm. Huh. So on and on and on we go. We also have, coming back to Dr. Miranda Bailey, she is, I'll give this one away. Well, maybe I won't. Do it. Some good news. Oh. She gets some good news. And this good news she has is shared with Dr. Amelia Shepard. They're both in the same condition. I'll put it that way. So they're talking to each other, checking in on each other. But in the fall finale, it ends tragically for one of them. Oh. Very, very sad. Very sad. Yeah. I mean, it was rough. But the Grey's Anatomy can be real rough. I told y'all this uh, in the previous TV episodes we talked about, where they just killed a character that they set up, and you're like, what? <laughs> they rough! Now, we also have other doctors who used to be in relationships, now are in another one. Maybe that's all messed up. Maybe what they thought was the truth is not. 
Should they be dating someone else? Should they marry someone else? It's Grey's Anatomy. And in the very end, they're at their favorite watering hole and an accident occurs. And that's the cliffhanger. And I'll say about that, I just have to say this Grey's Anatomy, the effects were horrible. It was so bad that I would, is this really how y'all want to leave us with this? (laughs) It was terrible. Come on, y'all. Look, if you want to do that, you're going to have to spend a little more money or maybe you didn't have time to do it. Uh, if if that's the case, just don't put it in the show. Don't show it. Just have just have Ellen Pompeo narrate it because <laughs> that would be better. But outside of that, I am still enjoying Grey's Anatomy ever since Dr. Maggie Beer showed up. <laughs> ever since. I'm still enjoying it. This is the soap opera of soap operas. They know what they're doing. They, I, Some of their ideas, I wish they would loan to others or just sell them so that we can have some fun. Mm. Uh, these people are still in it. They are not coasting. I just, I'll keep watching until it goes left again. But there we go. So, and, and I just can't believe I'm still watching the show. <laughs> I can't either after 55 years. Now, thank you so much, Critic, for your insight. Was that enough of it or do you want yeah, it, No, we're good. Um, so, <laughs> TV, of course, like we said, movies is trying to hijack our time, but it looks like the Critic is having more fun and so am I, than we'd imagine with television. But uh, back to movies we go. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.